The SGPN Fantasy Football Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. WinBet is now live in Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, Virginia, and Arizona. From boosted parlays to in-game odds on every major sport, WinBet has what you need to win. Sign up today to receive a $1,000 risk-free sports bet. Download the WinBet app now or visit winnbet.com and start winning today. We're also brought to you by PropSwap, America's marketplace to buy and sell sports bets. Check out the new PropSwap.com and use promo code SGP on your first deposit to receive up to $500 in bonus cash. We're also brought to you by PrizePix. PrizePix is DFS simplified. Head over to PrizePix.com and use promo code SGP for a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. We're also brought to you by SoBet. Sign up to bet against your friends and join the social betting revolution at SoBet.io. That's SoBet.io. We're also brought to you by Better Fantasy. Better Fantasy is a new free-to-play app that lets you sync your fantasy football league and bet on the head-to-head matchups. Download the app today or just head to BetterFantasy.com slash SGPN. That's BetterFantasy.com slash SGPN. And of course, don't forget to download the SGPN app, your home, for all of our free picks and podcasts. Thursday night football about to kick off here in just about an hour, but uh, that is not why we are here today. We will obviously watch Thursday night football when it comes on. But we are always on on Thursday nights just before the game to get you going. And then you can listen to this all weekend long because, you know, that's just the way it is. And this show has a special shelf life because this show is all about a subsection of the fantasy football world that I am absolutely terrified to stick my toes in because it is an all-inclusive, all uh, just engulfing world called Devi, right? It is uh, a developmental fantasy football where you speculate on college football players before these guys even get out of their school sometimes before they even get out of their freshman year uh and there is no other subject matter expert that i want to turn to than the one we have here at the sgp it is jeremy pope and jeremy you've talked fantasy football with me before on the show but now we get to live in your world for a little bit right this is where you like to live in the debbie world so welcome back and uh and yeah man let, let's talk some debbie shall we yeah, thanks for having me. I'm, I'm a pleasure to be back. And like you said, you know, it's kind of my a little bit more my my realm, my world. So, so okay, I'm talk, excited. Talk us through this because I I, I want I want people to understand because a lot of these the folks that listen to our show are you know really familiar with redraft. Obviously, it, it's not that's not the it's easy to get involved in redraft. Uh, but with Devi and and even Dynasty to a certain extent because this goes beyond Dynasty even because Dynasty yes you're looking up uh, players to 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 bring on and to keep for a while. But usually a lot of these guys are are either coming into the the league or have already been in the league for a while. But Devi, man, you guys go deep. Like you watch these guys all the way from the beginning of their college career and you keep them on your rosters through, you know, however long, right? Sometimes you can probably have them an entire career if you've been a Devi player for a really long time. So talk me through the, the, just the overall mindset and, and how much fun it is to actually see these guys, um, mature in the game. And, and is that part of the draw? Yeah, like you said, I, I think for me always I've kind of leaned towards that um, dynasty slash 
Devi type format just because it, it is rewarding. You know, you, you find these guys ahead of guys. Um, and as college players, it's hard. You know, you got these kids coming out of high school and they're, they're, they're top tier prospects, but you have four years to three years of production that all drastically could change. You see that in the NFL, you know, three years is a big difference in the NFL. It's the same in college football. So it is, it's, it's something that's like kind of like a draw, like you said, you know, where you can find that guy early and, and he might hit in three years from now. And you already have him basically, quote unquote, have the rights to him, you know, like on a Debbie roster, they're usually you don't pr- get many points from there. Um, they don't really usually have it depends on your format in the league. You can have different formats, but most of the time it's kind of like a taxi squad is your Debbie squad. It's just like guys who are in college who aren't in yet. So like. It's nice because you can get guys like some of the big names out there that are playing now. You know, you could you could have these guys step more so stashed on your Devi squad, and then when they're ready to come to the NFL, you already have them. You don't have to worry about your dynasty rookie picks because you already roster this guy, um, and he just makes a smooth transition from your Devi squad to your fantasy squad. So if you were the person with the foresight to put Jamar Chase on your Devi squad, uh, you are enjoying the benefits of not only his college output, but certainly his rookie season in the NFL. Um, and that's what it is, right? Everybody wants to hit on that big thing. And and if you've already got them from college, then you've, you're really digging deep into the weeds. So, um, yeah, I mean, again, this is probably not going to pertain to a lot of folks out there but look this is something that i i, I feel like i want to move toward because redraft has gotten a little bit i don't want to say stale but you know redraft is redraft you know what you're getting uh and and i love a challenge and i feel like devi is a challenge um but look if we are speaking to some devi folks out there this is this is the show for you you've been waiting all season for this show this is the show for you we're going to lay out some devi players uh i know that jeremy does a great job on the website of addressing devi and putting up articles. So we're basically going to kind of poach some players off of his article. If you want the rest of them, read his article. It's fantastic. Um, but we're going to line up 10 players that he's talked about in his articles. And uh, and we're just going to go through and we're going to put them on your radar. And, you know, I'll, uh, the first five guys we're going to be talking about are actually guys that will be coming up and, and relevant in this next season, right? This is the class of 2022. So Here's your rookie draft, right? Here's if you're a dynasty player uh, or somebody looking to get into dynasty. Here's some folks to keep on your radar. Um, so, Jeremy, I, I don't know. Are you ready to dive into some players? Oh, always. This is my favorite part. <laughs> this, this is, is my well, favorite part of dynasty football. You got to have some delayed gratification to play Devi oh, to play yeah. dynasty, right? I mean, you got to just know that your payoff is coming soon. So, um, all right. Let's load up the clock, Jimmy. Let's get to your favorite part of this. Uh, we're going to start in Arkansas with a wide receiver by the name of Traylon Burks. Um, guy's got a, a, a list of accolades about a mile and a half long on your site. Uh, but let's talk about what makes Traylon Burks special and uh, and why you should be looking for him in either your Debbie League or your Dynasty League coming up soon. Yeah, so for me, Traylon Burks kind of he's not to that level that we get from Jamar chase or we had gotten from Justin Jefferson just yet. Um, but he's, he's a big bodied guy. He sits six foot three, um, two fifteen, roughly, um, sometimes or two twenty five. They actually haven't listed that, but sometimes they, 
sometimes those numbers are infatuated when you get them from college. Um, we saw it this year with some discrepancies once they come to the NFL and you see them through the combine. So it's something you got to watch, but he's, he is a big bodied guy. Um, and he does well in like contested catch situations. Um, he also though has the speed to break it. Um, it's, it, it's a rare, rare, um, set of skills put together. Um, you could think of like guys like DK Metcalf, um, stuff like that, AJ Brown, like those bigger bodied guys, but he has the speed to break the big play. Um, and currently he has 796 yards on 51 receptions, which breaks down to about just almost 16 yards per catch. So in that standard, you can see already that he kind of has that big playability. I mean, he takes chunk yards. He's a big part of that Arkansas offense. Well, and so you've already got him listed as the top prospect in this class of 2022. So, I mean, we've seen, obviously, this production over his college years, right? Or else he wouldn't be at the top of this list. So this is a guy that his track record runs deeper than just one or two good seasons, a la, let's say, a Trey Lance, maybe? Yeah, correct. I mean, he has last season, they only played nine games, obviously, with COVID shortened season in the CFB. Um, but he produced 820 yards too last year, just at about 16 yards per reception. And he did the same thing as a freshman. He had um, just over 16 yards per reception and he had only 400 yards. But as a freshman, a lot of times wide receivers, you don't see as much production just because usually they don't jump into a starting role depending on the roster in which they fall into. So it's good to see it in back-to-back seasons as a sophomore and junior um, when you're looking out for this stuff. So I like it both 200, both over 800 yards so far this in the last two years. So he's got everything in boxes are checked. The athleticism's there. Size is there. So uh, Traylon Burks. Yep, Traylon Burks. Remember the name. Put on your speculation cap for just a second. Where do you see him going? Do you, you see a team that could be picking him up? I mean, we're already halfway through the season. It looks like some of the bottom teams are going to be the bottom teams. Uh, who do you think he's? Where do you think he's going? Um, I could see Philadelphia being a team. Um, you got three picks in the top fifteen. Obviously, need a wide receiver. Um, he would be a great complement to Devontae Smith. So. Two rookies. Could be nice. Well, not a rookie anymore, but yeah, two young guys, right? I mean, that's that's how you build. That's how you build a, a franchise, right? Yeah. You start young and you, and you go from there. Um, so, all right, I could see that. The Philadelphia Jalen Hurts would definitely be happy. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. You think so? Having two like flat out fast receivers, uh, and one that he's familiar with. Um, yeah, yeah. I think he'd be good for a while. Uh, all right, let's move to Iowa State, probably a school not a lot of people will get to talk about. And that's like another thing, right, about about this Devi uh, leagues and the Devi world that you live in. You start following schools that you never would have thought that you ever followed with some of these players. Uh, but Brees Hall, running back out of Iowa State, um, looking good. He's over 1,000 scrimmage yards already. I mean, for Iowa State, that, that's a really good number. Uh, so talk about Brees Hall, and, and let's just make a case for him on your Devi, your taxi squad, or, or even going forward on your dynasty squad? Yeah, for me, um, earlier this offseason, I had an article. He was my number one running back still um, at that point, and he still holds that for me. Um, last season, he broke 1,500 scrimmage, or he technically broke 1,700 scrimmage yards, but 1,500 rushing yards in 12 games at Iowa State. Um, he's been an uber productive running back. Um, as a freshman, he had 897 rushing yards. Um, and over a thousand scrimmage yards as well. So he's been uber productive for Iowa State, um, who kind of you could argue is kind of a running back factory at times. Um, David Montgomery came from there, and he's kind of got a similar build and um, 
style of running that their David Montgomery has. Um, he does have the same questions. You know I mean? He kind of doesn't have that top end speed, um, but he's very effective. He just eats yards, chunk plays. Um, he gets five, six yards a pop. So he just seems like a built kind of running back that can handle that NFL size role. He's not undersized and this running back class is a little weak. Um, so it's kind of nowhere near like the Jonathan Taylor class of a couple of years ago. It's closer to what we had last year where you kind of have two guys, three guys. And then after that, there's a pretty big drop off. So, but for me, I like what Bryce Hall brings just basically because like I said, the size and the only real thing that I worry about with him is that speed issue. He doesn't have that home run ability, but we saw this year, Javante Williams is a guy you see who doesn't have that home run speed. Um, even someone you could argue, Alvin Kamara didn't run that fast of a 40. He ran in that four or five range. So these guys, you can see be productive at the next level. And I just like everything that Bryce Hall's done. You know, you see two years of a thousand yards rushing. Um, and he's probably going to eclipse 1500 in both these years. I mean, he's close already, you know, he's at 1100 and he's got two to three games left. So he might get to 1500. Is there a Heisman buzz around him? I saw a video about a Heisman. Is there? Are they talking Heisman, or is he just trying to make a case for it? No, I mean, there was some. I feel like it's dropped off a little bit for him um, just because kind of Iowa State kind of fell off. Um, but he's definitely argued that he could be. Um, he's the key to that Iowa State offense, like you said. 1,000 <laughs> yards seems like a lot, but for Iowa State, for running backs, it's kind of what it is. They hand the ball off, and that's what you get. So. Interest and so what? What makes me and you think about the running backs uh, that, like you said, Najee Harris was one, obviously one of the big names in this draft class. Um, if Brees Hall decides to go to a, a running back needy team, um, I could think of I don't know a couple off the top of my head that that would really need a run. I know San Francisco doesn't need any more running backs, uh, but you know, it, I guess if he goes to a good enough. Uh, um, organization he could get some run and and this definitely could be a rookie that's on your radar uh coming into to next year um so yeah remember remember Brees hall is he going to is he he is coming into the nfl next year right he, he will be drafted uh most likely i mean he's technically a junior so he's draft eligible in 22 um he could stay but most likely he'll come out with the success that he's had um he should um declare for the draft so. yeah again all most of these guys that we're talking about are draft eligible um, but if you play dynasty or Debbie, it doesn't matter, right? You're not, you're not worried about drafting them next year. Uh, you're worried about, you know, drafting him. Uh, I don't know when, when can Debbie players be picked up whenever? Um, so the Debbie players, you can, you would be rostering these players already. Um, some of these guys, the 22 guys that we're talking about right now are most likely rostered in most of your Debbie leagues. Um, the 23, 24 guys. Those are the guys who are kind of mostly out there. Um, it depends. Like I said, the de every Devi league's different um, because there's not really a set format. You know, there's not a league that you go and you sign up for and it's like, oh, this is Devi. It usually turns into like you have some players on Sleeper and then you have some players on a different site like Fantrax is one. Um, some other sites that have like a more customizable format that allow you to like make players. And then that's how or they keep them on draft sheets like your commissioner has like an Excel sheet and keeps track of it. Um, just because there is no set platform for this to be like a cohesion, really kind of like a an easy way to do it. You know what I'm saying? Like Dynasty is easy. The players come in. You can draft them. Debbie, it's kind of a little different because there's no set format for it. So Kicking it old school. Plus, you can probably start a Debbie <laughs> right. league right now. I mean, that's probably something you can end up doing uh, in the middle of the yeah. season, right? Because there's no kind of set anything. 
Um, all right, let's move on to the number three player on your list. Another running back, Isaiah Spiller out of that Texas A&M school. Uh, 940 all-purpose yards, six total touchdowns, right, for the Aggies. Looking like a good back to keep an eye on. Uh, but tell us a little bit more about Isaiah Spiller. So Isaiah Spiller is a little bit more explosive um, than Bryce Hall is. Um, like you had said, another very productive back. He has, like you said, over 900 yards. It's up to a hun- over 900 yards rushing since the article. Um, and another 180 through the air. Um, but yeah, for me, Isaiah Spiller is a solid back. Same thing. He's a bigger sized back who is definitely can handle a workload in the NFL. Um, but he's a little bit more dual purpose. Bryce Hall doesn't see as much receiving work as Isaiah Spiller does. So you'll see this kind of get interchanged, um, amongst the communities and other rankings. Um, Isaiah Spiller and Bryce Hall are pretty exchangeable and they're just kind of the same. They're at that same tier. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, even though I have Bryce Hall slightly ahead of him, Isaiah Spiller's right there. So for me, it's another guy that's seen back-to-back seasons with high production in a power-type school. So there's a lot to like, again, with Isaiah Spiller. And so when you when you start looking and and, and actually evaluating these Devi players, I mean, are you looking at... Because college can kind of skew your numbers, right? I mean, obviously, if you're going up against a team... Uh, like an FCS team and, and the numbers all of a sudden spike, right? You're not going to really get that in the NFL on a, on a game-to-game basis. Everybody plays everybody pretty tight. So, you know, you kind of look at these 300-yard games that some of these guys have, which is not entirely uncommon. Um, but now, how do you evaluate, I mean, especially a guy like Spiller, because you've, you know, you've already said that it's kind of a 1A, 1B with Brees Hall. So how do you determine which guy gets the edge, really? Yeah, I mean, as far as it goes with like a lot of this stuff, it comes down to more so like a film type thing. You got to watch it. You got to kind of get used to it and just seeing things that are similar amongst like you can even just kind of watch guys in the NFL. You can see like, oh, okay, Dalvin Cook's a top notch guy. You can kind of watch what he does, see how he plays, see like the vision, the ability to make cutbacks, processing. And there's a lot of stuff that goes into it. And it's kind of hard if you don't know what you're looking at, you know, like if you're just watching a movie and you're just like, okay. Um, but you have to kind of get into it and you gotta, got to it takes a lot and you got to know like, okay, this guy should have cut here. He should have went here. Um, and it's really breaking down film is how you can really just differentiate them. Um, but if you want to look specifically at numbers, I like to see, like you said, so if he's going up against, we'll say Isaiah Spiller, A&M, they're going up against Buffalo, a Mac division team. I want to see Isaiah Spiller put up 300 yards. I want to see him score two, three touchdowns. I want to see him do what he should do against lesser competition. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, so it's hard because, like you said, those numbers do get skewed. If you're on a good team and you're playing a lot of like under echelon college players who just never make the NFL, the numbers get a little skewed. Um, but you can just definitely tell. You can see, like I said, when you watch them on film, they just pop. They're guys that are like, oh, wow, that guy's way better than everybody else that he's playing. That's a good point. I guess I would have never really thought about the fact that, yeah, you want to see them demolish the types of schools that they're going to demolish. Um, because, yeah, if they can't produce against those types of schools, then they're probably never going to get a chance to uh, to actually compete against a, a NFL defense that's going to eat them alive. Yeah. And, and a big thing is, like, size. it comes down to numbers and metrics. You know what I mean? Like, it's hard with Debbie because you're, you're really guessing. You don't get a lot of those numbers, um, so you're going off of their statistics. But, like, when you come into Dynamics, 
dynasty and you're ranking these dynasty guys coming out, you get a little bit more. You get the combines. You get, like, those actual testing numbers, and that stuff helps you a little bit better because everybody does the same test. You know what I mean? And yeah. you can kind of compare them player to player. But That's, uh, man, you're getting a lot. I mean, if you've never played Devi, if you've never played Dynasty, you're getting a lot of good nuggets today. Uh, <laughs> as we move on to David Bell out of Purdue, he's a wide receiver. Another junior could be draft eligible. Uh, and, and a lot of these guys probably do move on to the draft, right? How, many, how often do you see them return for a senior year when they're doing as well as a guy like David Bell? Um, I mean, it happens. Um, we saw Chris Olave last year um, was a kind of a surprise return. A lot of these guys, most of the time they return, they have a cohesion, a brotherhood in college. There's there's just a different aspect. If you don't watch a lot of college football, you can watch it. And it's just there's there's heart. There's a lot more goes into these games for these kids because some of these guys don't play ever again. You know, some of these guys have four years. They're playing with their friends. They're living with their friends. It's just a cohesion. It's a brotherhood. And it's like, you know, I mean, it, it's a frat house, you know, you know, it's, it's college. So they're having fun and it's just a different level. You know, the stadium is packed with all their friends and just kids just going hard and ready to see this. And it just creates this atmosphere. So for me, a lot of them return based on just that stuff, winning national championships, that atmosphere. Sometimes they want to go back. Sometimes they want to finish their schooling. Um, so it's hard to know. A lot of stuff goes into it. But, for example, with David Bell, he's another guy. He produced as a freshman. He had over 1,000 yards as a freshman um, at Purdue, over 12 yards <clears throat> per reception. And then last year, in only six games, he produced 625 yards. So he's another guy that has been very productive in his in two seasons before this season, which he's also now already eclipsed 1,000 yards in nine games. And just this all this production, he's going to most likely declare. You see guys that are this good, they declare. Um, sometimes you have to take into account that some will go back based on the rest of the guys in the class. So, for example, Zamir White, this guy who came back this year, arguably he would have been lower on the draft spectrum because of guys like Najee Harris, Javante Williams, Travis Etienne. So for him, he thought it was a better personal decision. Let me go back to college, refine what I do. I might be able to get a higher draft capital next year. And that's a big thing for these kids because that's money, you know. And as sad as it sounds, it comes down to money sometimes with them. And the higher draft capital, you get obviously a better chance of success at the NFL level and you get more money. So for some of these guys, that's what there's a lot that goes into it for them declaring. But but again, David Bell, six foot two, 205. He's that prototypical wide receiver size and he does everything well. You know, what I mean, he's a well-rounded and does everything well. Um, he's not super flashy, but he just makes plays and he does everything well. Well, so he's you've go got ahead. him. Yeah, you've got him. You've got him. Uh, kind of, I, I not really compared, but at least uh, in the same conversation as his fellow teammate Rondell Moore. Uh, yep. I mean, is that kind of he was like a one A one B to Ron, to Rondell or, or? Personally, I think David Bell was a better wide receiver. Um, Rondell Moore is probably more explosive. Um, there's things that Rondell Moore can do that David Bell can't. Um, but then there's obviously more that David Bell can do that Rondell Moore can't. So for me, um, David Bell just seems a little bit more prototypical NFL size. He does, he can make the contested catches. He has great body control along the sidelines. Like he has all the stuff you want to see for a like X type wide receiver, like the, the bigger body type main wide receivers where Rondell Moore is just, just a freak athlete. I mean, I, that guy can just 
do pretty much everything. <laughs> so for me, I personally, even last year, thought David Bell was the better option. He just obviously wasn't draft eligible. So, so, the, so he had what well, he was in his sophomore year, right? And he, he couldn't obviously uh, commit until his junior year. Uh, Correct. But yeah. Uh, so when you when you start looking at uh, this kind of guy, would he be a I don't know like a late round flyer, or do you think there's going to be enough buzz around him around draft day to where folks are going to want to start grabbing him uh, early in their draft? Um, wide receivers are always tough, um, but I don't think he's going to be a late round flyer. Um, if you're looking at redraft, um, he's going to probably be similar to like that Rashad Bateman hype um, this year, probably probably that range, I would guess. Maybe maybe Devontae Smith depends on how high they went in your drafts, but I think that mid-round range. As I said, that middle, like seven, eight, maybe even yeah, five seven, or six. Yeah, seven, eight is probably where I feel like he'll end up going in redraft. But- Dynasty, he's a locked-in top 10 pick for you guys. Yep, so if you're starting a Devi or a Dynasty – uh, and you have one of those top four or five, six picks, then you want, want to make sure that you uh, put David Bell's name. Write it down now because you're going <laughs> to, I don't want you to forget <laughs> and miss out. <laughs> or uh, just keep tuning into SGPN articles, podcasts. 1, I'm sure there'll be more talk about David Bell come 1, spring. So, thousand percent. Uh, all right. So let's move on to Ohio State where Garrett Wilson is one of their wide receivers. Um, again, a lot of these guys are all top-notch guys. I mean, and obviously they're going to power five schools, most of them as well. So, you know, obviously we know that this is the big time, the big show, and these guys have to produce. So uh, talk a little bit about Garrett Wilson. We know Ohio State's full of, of great uh, athletes, uh, and he's just another in a long line of them, right? Yeah, especially wide receivers. Um, you could argue it's wide receiver U. A lot of good guys come out of here. Um, but Garrett Wilson's another one. This is where it gets interesting. So, for example, we talked about earlier where we want to see someone explode against worse competition. Ohio State's one of those that you kind of have to be able to watch the film a little bit, see like, oh, okay, this guy's making explosive plays because they don't get as many opportunities. So because the, the room's so deep, you know what I'm saying? So for him, he's never eclipsed a 1,000 yards as a college receiver yet. He might get there this year as he's at 813 in nine games. So he sells a couple games. He most likely should break it. Um, it'll just depend on how that game script goes. But you see it in the talent level. Um, so, for example, he makes plays that you're kind of like, oh, wow, that was spectacular. And he makes them on the regular. So he's only six foot. He's 188, um, but he has good route running abilities. And he has a very good... Um, ability to high point balls and make contested catches. So this is kind of where he sets himself apart from these other guys. You know what I mean? Like, so for example, he's ahead of Chris Olave, who's actually a senior. Um, but you usually want to see the guys who declares a junior. So Garrett Wilson may not declare because we did see Chris Olave go back last year. Um, but there's a lot of buzz around Garrett Wilson because he brings a lot of things. He has the speed, he has the yak abilities, and there's a lot of buzz around him in the NFL draft community. So I feel like Garrett Wilson will be um, like his agent will suggest him to declare. Um, and he could easily be a top 20 pick in the NFL draft this off season. And he could be arguably come draft day. He could be ahead of David Bell just because of the athleticism. Um, he's similar to that. Like he's kind of like Stefan Diggs style, um, but a little bit better um, as a college prospect. 
not at their talent level at the moment. But when they came out, he's kind of got that route running ability and that prowess that allows him to create a lot of separation. And I feel like there's probably a lot more eyes on Ohio State than there are on Purdue. I mean, look, I know Purdue's a good program, and I know that you know a lot of uh, deep-in-the-weeds folks pay attention, like you, Jeremy, to Purdue. Uh, but by and large, I feel like a lot of people, unless it's the SEC or the Pac-12, um, you know, Purdue is not necessarily on, on people's radar. So Ohio State gets a little more love, I guess, in that respect. For sure. I mean, am I wrong? I mean, I don't know. It just I feel like sometimes with the with the NFL community, they kind of just find the talent. You know what I yeah. mean? And they just find okay, this guy looks really good. Like there's been a lot of buzz about David Bell for three years, but it's like it's Purdue, like you said, you know, like it, it they don't get like a buzz for the team. It's kind of like, okay, David Bell's just really good and he's on this team that's not so good. All right. You know, where yeah. you get like these guys who it's like Garrett Wilson and like you look on paper and you look at the box score it's like all right yeah i mean he did all right but like and then you watch the game and you're like oh wow this guy's special yeah i mean that's that's the whole thing you got to watch this stuff i mean box scores only can take you so much they can't tell the whole story of the game they can just tell you what happened so uh like you said watching film watching all these games that's a must with all these college so um it's exhausting i'll tell you that much right (laughs) (laughs) it's definitely very hard uh especially if you like the nfl like it's consuming you know because there's college football from like thursday to saturday so there's always a game on of some sort and some level well try nfl (laughs) try college try cfl and then indoor football yeah yeah yeah. there's always something going on always (laughs) if you yeah you can never not watch football that's my favorite thing so uh all right read the rest of that class his top 10 on the website head over to the uh, sports gambling podcast.com uh to check that out and uh we're going to come back from the break we're going to talk about some younger guys to keep an eye on again if you're starting your devi league if you're really interested in this is really getting your your brain going and you want to do it now we're giving you the guys to even go deeper in the weeds with uh so we'll come back with five more devi players Jeremy Popular is here, and uh, yeah, we'll be right back. I already know that you are ready to win money and boost your odds. Well, WinBet is now live in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia, bringing the excitement of Win Las Vegas to online sports betting and casino play. You get exclusive rewards right at your fingertips, so get in on all your favorite teams, players, sports from the NFL, NBA, MLB, NHL, golf, MMA, WNBA, college football, and so much more. Plus, WinBet has some brand new bonuses for you to use. Look, you're licking your chops right now at the New England and Atlanta game. There's a lot of great bets that you can make on that Thursday night NFL matchups. So make sure you head over to WinBet right now to get in on it. If you're a new user, you can bet a buck and win $100 on any sport. Plus, you can get up to $1,500 as a free bet on WinBet if you make a first deposit of $20 or more. And even still, whatever you wager, whatever the first wager is, is from you. WinBet is going to match it up to 200%. So if you bet a hundred bucks, you're going to get a $200 free bet. Can't go too crazy though. The max wager is $750. So of course, $1,500 match is the max. So you get great promos, odds, payouts. It's all happening right now at WinBet. From boosted parlays to live in-game odds on every major sport, we have what you need to win. Are you ready to play? Sign up today. You're going to receive a special offer. It's a risk-free $1,000 sports bet. Bet big, win bigger with WinBet. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com. 
As always, we are brought to you by PropSwap. It is America's marketplace to buy and sell sports bets. PropSwap always has the best odds because you're buying directly from other bettors like yourself. If you see a bet you like, but you think the price is too high, submit a bid for the price you think is fair, then you can buy it. So use the promo code SGP on your first deposit. PropSwap's going to double it up to $500. Double the cash, of course, as always, means double the odds. You love sports betting. You know you do. So you need to be using PropSwap. Every ticket purchased on PropSwap can be resold at any time. So your bet doesn't need to win. How many times have you heard me say it? At least 43. (laughs) I'm going to say another time. It doesn't need to win in order to make money. It just needs to improve. Thousands of bettors across the country are shopping for tickets on PropSwap every single day. So get started today by going to PropSwap.com or download the PropSwap app. PropSwap is where America buys and sells sports bets. If you're looking for a new challenge, Better Fantasy is that challenge. It's a new free-to-play app that lets you sync your fantasy football league and bet on the matchups. Yes, your very own fantasy football league, your home league. You can start betting on the matchups. Plus, you can cash out for gift cards when your bet hits and even help raise money for charity along the way. They're brand new. They're looking to grow their early adopter community, so help them do that by using their slick app. It's fun to use. And, of course, one of the reasons why we love it here at the SGPN is because it also offers prop betting. You know we're all about that prop betting. If you're in a state that hasn't legalized gambling yet, I'm raising my hand, you can get in on some prop bets on Better Fantasy. It's totally free to play. Download today for iPhone or Android. Check them out today at betterfantasy.com slash SGPN. That's B-E-T-T-O-R fantasy.com slash SGPN. Talking developmental football. Ball. Yeah, you heard that right. We are talking Debbie. It is where you dig so far into the college football world uh, that by the time the folks that most people are talking about are on everybody's radar, you already know them. You've already rostered them and you are well, well aware of their talents. So you can say, yeah, I absolutely knew that person when uh, Jerry Popolar is joining us. He is going uh, so far into it for you guys on the website. We just had to give him a spot on the podcast to introduce you to Devi and to also start giving you some strategy in how to get in there. We talked about five players draft eligible uh, coming up here in the next year to put on your radar, but now we're going to go deeper. We're going to go into these sophomores and they're draft eligible in 2023. Uh, so what these are what juniors now or sophomores now as well. Uh, but yeah, we're just going to give you these five names off the top of his list. Again, if you want to read more, head to the website. So Jeremy, um, let's start in Texas, the great state of Texas, where we talk about Bijan Robinson. He is a running back there. Uh, looks like this is a five-star recruit from high school. Uh, but tell us more uh, about Bijan Robinson. Well, this could go back to the old adage of everything's bigger in Texas. Bijan Robinson is a big kid. Um, he is Derrick Henry as he's six foot two fifteen, and he lets you know it. Um, but not only is he a bullish runner, I mean, he's got the agility, he's got the breakaway speed, he's got contact balance, he has everything you want. And there is so much buzz around Bijan Robinson in this twenty twenty three draft class at the running back position that it's Jonathan Taylor draft class-esque um you get guys that are just like it like a jonathan taylor's the dobbins the swifts like this is going to be one of those classes guys so 
anybody who is getting into it, even if you're dynasty, look for the 23 draft picks because these guys are looking great. Um, Bijan Robinson um, is a sophomore this year. Um, he currently has over a thousand yards on 195 attempts, 11 touchdowns, um, and he's pretty much been that Texas offense. Unfortunately, he did sustain an injury this past week and he dislocated his elbow. Um, so he is down for the year. So we don't get to see any more of him this season. Um, so there's rumor he may or may not play in 2022 just because he's been so good and he is so prolific as a prospect already. Um, I hope not. I would like to see him play again um, just because he's an amazing athlete and he's great to watch. But he's definitely a guy that if you start a Debbie league, you want to get him on that Debbie roster of those players just sitting there waiting to come in because he is like a 1-1 in any dynasty draft come 2023. What happens if he doesn't play 2022? I mean, obviously he he's a junior, but does he just sit or I mean, what happens? Um, he would be draft eligible then, um, in 23 still. It just basically kind of goes off of age. Um, so he would still be draft eligible in 23. So, wow. The only fact is to him sitting would be to prevent another injury. Do yeah. you know what I'm saying? It's like the Texas team isn't that great. Um, it's kind of been him and just from the workload, you know, he kind of got hurt. Like I said, took a dislocated, took a shot to the elbow, dislocated it. And so there's just been a little bit of talk around it. Kind of like, Hey, maybe he should sit just because he's so good. I highly doubt he does. Um, but his prospect in the profiles there that he doesn't need to play to improve his draft capital or stock. That's interesting. Cause you got to think that as a competitor, he wants to get on the field. I mean, obviously, oh, these guys yeah. And I'm, I'm sure he will. It will be just like kind of like one of those business decisions. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Sort of like <laughs> if he doesn't play. A, all right. Here's the thing. We're going to we're going to go ahead and let you play, but you're not going to necessarily. Because isn't that a crazy position to be in, though, that like you, you don't even have to play an entire season to raise your stock. It's already that high. Yeah, that's what I mean. I mean, this kid has been the talk of the town even more than the guys we just talked about a little bit earlier in the show. You know, like he makes the 2022 class and Bryce Hall and Isaiah Spiller look average wow. that way. Wow. It makes you wonder when the NFL is going to adopt the, uh, the NBA's go ahead and just play straight out of high school mentality. It's, it's getting close. I mean, they finally let some college players get some endorsements to get some money. So I think I'm surprised, you know, I I'm surprised they still make them wait till junior year. I, I think it's a good thing. Um, I think for these guys, especially running backs, you know, like, getting that education is very important. Their shelf life is not long. So you could argue the other way, you know, like their shelf life isn't long. So let's let them play pro sports when they're at the best part of their, their years, you know, the, the mid to young twenties. So it's, it's a tough thing. And yet I feel like if they let it, if they did let them play earlier at the pro level, I mean, it's a hot, it's more of a meat grinder than, than the college level in some mm -hmm. aspects. So maybe their shelf life doesn't necessarily get that long because uh, they, they started at the pro level a little earlier. So I don't know. It, it's a hard, it's, I, I'm not in charge it's of that. A real, yeah. It's a real hard thing. You know, some of these kids don't come out this size, like Bijan Robinson, like some of them come out like your average 17, 18 year old, you know, 180 pounds, not very stocky or muscular. Haven't been in a college weight room program. So imagine someone like that going up against, I don't know who you want to put out there. One of the better linebackers, Aaron the, Donald, like a Fred even. Warner alignment you know? or alignment. Yeah. Yeah. Like a Aaron Donald. Imagine Aaron Donald coming free and tackling your top 18 year old at 190 pounds, you know? So that it's, it would be hard. 
Yeah. I feel like basketball, they're not like tackling each other, so it's a little easier. Yeah. I mean, on a good but, day, right? But <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's go back to Ohio State, where Travion Henderson uh, draft eligible in 2024. So this is another guy where you're uh, following along with them for the next couple of years. But he is another running back, uh, and it looks like another five star recruit, right? I mean, these guys are yep. not not anything to sneeze at. So introduce us, Jeremy, to Travion Henderson and, and what he brings to the table. So Travion Henderson is. A little bit smaller. Um, he's five foot ten, um, but he still has that stockiness at two ten. Um, he has a lot of lower body size. Um, he's strong. He's got that strong contact balance. He's got that leg drive. You know what I mean? And he's just this kid is fast. Um, if you watch any Ohio State this year, you'll see it. This kid is as a freshman. He is at that next level. Like he's arguably the top Devi prospect in general. Um, B. John Robinson's kind of ha- held that, but this year Travion Henderson has looked next level. He has elite speed that's there. He has elite vision. His processing speed is so fast. He can make those cuts in the vision to make the cutback lane. And at the second level sets up blocks. Well, I mean, as a freshman, he has over already a thousand yards in on 141 attempts and he has scored 14 touchdowns. I mean, he averages over seven yards a carry. This kid is like a big play waiting to happen. Um, so he's arguably the top prospect you want in a Devi league um, just because the running back position is so key in fantasy football. And this kid looks like he's going to be very, very special at the next level. And what's interesting too, is, is you just talked up uh, Henderson, right? You just, you, you laid it all out there and I almost feel like it would be who uh, Bijan Robinson to play in 2022 because a guy like Travion Henderson could pass him up. Right. Obviously, they say that his draft status is not in jeopardy. But boy, you know, another year for Henderson and all of a sudden, because Robinson didn't play, it's front of mind. Right. I mean, any good any good marketer will tell you front of mind is is what gets you all of the the traffic. So a guy like Henderson could kind of walk up and and snatch that away. Is that possible? I mean, is that Um, that I think that there's definitely stock already. Um, as far as like a Devi standpoint, Henderson's arguably ahead of Bijan Robinson, um, especially now with Robinson with the dislocated elbow. But Henderson's not draft eligible at all until 2024. Um, he'll be a junior in 2024 because he's a freshman now. So they can't get drafted. They could get drafted in the same class if Bijan stayed, but Bijan Robinson will not stay. He will come out in 23, most likely. Um, if he stays, I'd be really surprised just because of how good of a prospect Robinson is. And Henderson will come out in 24, most likely again, same thing. He's just such a rock solid prospect that aside from knock on wood that I have right here, um, aside from an injury that causes him to want to stay or him wanting to win a national championship, he should be only eligible in 24 and should come out. Travion Henderson, the next New York Jets running back. No, I'm just kidding. He would fit great. No, he would really fit great. He would fit perfectly in that, or even San Francisco. Uh, you know what I mean? That yeah. He wrote side zone scheme. He's he's very, he's if you love J.K. Dobbins, he's even better. But he's Ooh. everything that J.K. Dobbins would have brought you. Uh, but see, that Raven. J.K. Dobbins so. right there, front of mind. Like, he's been hurt. We don't even, like, that's the first time I've heard his name <laughs> in a couple of months. So, yeah. You just got to talk to me more. I, I know, I know, I do. I need to have you on a lot more. Uh, 
All right, let's let's move on to another running back. It seems like this is a running back heavy uh, talk here in the first four or five of yours uh, in the rankings for the the 2023 2024. Uh, but Sean Tucker out of Syracuse, the Orange, yeah, right up in your neck of the woods, yeah, um, yeah. So yeah, in the backyard <laughs> in your backyard. Talk about Sean Tucker uh, and, and why he is the uh, another Devi prospect for you to consider. Yeah, um, another guy that's very similar to Travion Henderson. Um, he probably doesn't have the explosiveness that Travion Henderson has, but so far this year um, in Syracuse as a redshirt freshman, he is he has produced thirteen hundred over thirteen hundred yards on two hundred twenty attempts. He's pretty much been the Orange's offense, um, but he's, he's another guy on the film, and you just watch some highlights from Syracuse, and you just he pops. Um, he makes big play after big plays, averaging over six yards a carry. Um, he's again a guy that can carry block or carry tacklers, but yet he also has that next level burst. He sets up blockers at the second level at an elite level, and he has a, a vision that he could probably work on a little bit. But he does so well at that vision as well. Still, he is able to make it and find those cutback lanes and get through that first level and navigate through those blocks to the second level. And then obviously once he's there, he has the ability to break runs. So again, he's another guy that kind of, I'm a little bit more bullish on. I think if you talk to the rest of the community, um, he probably wouldn't be as high. Um, but I just like everything that he's brought to the table so far. Um, and he's a guy that's going to be interesting to watch for your, um, draft eligibility because technically he can declare in 2023 um, but he is listed still as a freshman because he sat out last year with covid so he could also technically only be a junior in 2024 so he's a guy that you're gonna have to watch um, as far as when he's gonna declare but he's a great guy to add to the debbie squad um, especially in the later rounds because he might not be as sought after 2020 threw a wrench in just about everybody's world, didn't it? So, right. Uh, it definitely got weird with college football. There's a lot of people that it's just like different draft eligibilities and co not counting those years and counting them, and it's making it all confusing. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> totally. Uh, well, so you talked about explosive and bursts, right? I mean, what has it got? Twelve over 1,200 yards uh, in rushing and 1,500 scrimmage. So, I mean, that sounds – and especially in only – how many games have they played? Like nine? So that ten. oh ten. So, I mean that that definitely is explosive. And talk about the Syracuse schedule though, because this is one where I don't think that this is uh this is one of those situations where you were talking about doing good against poor teams. Syracuse's schedule has a lot of these these teams, right? That they he should do really well against. Um, yes and no. Um, I mean, for example, they played Clemson. He put up 157 yards, averaged seven yards a carry, had a 54-yard run, um, didn't score a touchdown in that game, but he did really well. Um, Wake Forest, another team that's a ranked team right now. They played them early on in the season, another 150-yard game, 59 or 5.9 a pop, two touchdowns. Um, they played BC, who has a pretty decent defense. They're not, like, great, um, an unranked team, but put up 200 yards, eight yards per carry with a touchdown. So he he's doing well against the um, better schools um, and they do play in the ACC. So like it's a decent um, competition. It's not like they're playing in a Mac division, like say up in UB or something like that. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> we, we know, we know, or, or like, uh, um, I don't know, even, I don't want to say the mountain West, but I'd say the bottom third of the mountain West for sure. Uh, yeah. 
I mean, the Mountain West, the Pac-12, you know, those all get a little, yeah, yeah, little dicey when it comes to prospects. Well, let's uh, let's move to one of the bigger ones again. Let's go back to the SEC where we go to LSU, uh, and then Kayshawn Butte, uh, wide receiver. I watched a little bit of this guy's film. Uh, to, to be completely honest with you, to figure out how to pronounce his last name, so I didn't completely butcher it. Uh, but uh, no, That's an interest. It is, isn't it? Uh, but he looks, I mean, fast. So, uh, and that's just my naked eye making that assessment. Jeremy, you spent a lot more time watching him. Uh, so tell us about Kayshawn and, and what he brings to the table too. Yeah. Um, so he's he's not over six foot. Uh, another one of those kind of smaller guys, David Bell-like um, and Garrett Wilson-like at that six foot 190. Um, so he, he's got some good size. Um, but he's very similar. He's kind of like a mix. Um, he doesn't have the physicality that Jamar Chase had, um, but he has a little bit of that Justin Jefferson to him um, and that mix with Chase. I don't know if he's necessarily that good um, just yet, but he was the top prospect coming out of his class um, when he came out of high school. And his numbers are really down. The LSU offense has just kind of been very meh. They haven't been the same since Burrow left. And so his numbers are down. I mean, he only has 500 yards on 38 receptions, um, which is decent. Um, he has 13 yards per reception, but that's a fairly average number at the college level. It tends to be a lot of bigger plays. Um, you like to see some of those guys, like we were mentioning before, um, with David Bell or Traylon Burks, like up in that 15, 16 range. Aubrey is only a sophomore, so he still has some time to to develop. Um, but the big thing with him is he just creates great separation. And like you said, he has good speed and he scores touchdowns. I mean, he has nine touchdowns. That's his big thing um, for him is just creating that separation and getting open in the end zone. So there's a lot to like about him. For me, it's tough with Debbie with the wide receivers because they tend to develop slower. Like I said, you know what I mean? You don't see him as early. And with Debbie, you're not really, for me, at least I like to get load up on those running backs um, just because there's such a pride at the NFL fantasy level where wide receivers take that longer time to develop. And so you still have a draft um, in a Debbie league, like a dynasty incoming draft. So some of these wide receivers you can get in that part of the draft. So, so uh, when we talk about Jamar Chase, right? I mean, is there is there a comparison that you can make between the two? Obviously, they played on the same team, but um, yeah. I mean, they're similar. Um, I think Jamar Chase is better. Um, but Kayshawn Butte right now is probably the top 23 wide receiver at the moment. Um, but that can obviously change at any moment. So do you think he'll improve? I mean, do you think next next season, obviously he's not draft eligible until 2023, so he's got all of 2022 to, to figure it out. Do you think he'll figure it out? Yeah, I mean, and that's the thing. You can you can see it, like you said. You watch it on a film. You see he's fast. You know what I mean? You see that he's better than the guys that he's playing with um, and that he definitely has talent. Again, it's going to come down to what the offense looks like. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. He could enter a transfer portal and he could move on to a different school just because of the, the stature of LSU at the moment. Um, But I think he will. I think he's going to not become Jamar Chase. You know what I mean? Like Jamar Chase is next level. Justin Jefferson, next level. Like these guys came out and they're like historic. I think Keishon Boutte will be kind of a good prospect, but he's not going to be like, that elite prospect that you're getting out of Jamar Chase or Justin Jefferson. 
a solid flex position uh, once he st- yeah. gets going in. Yeah, I'll take that. Um, all right, let's go to Oklahoma, where the winds come sweeping down the plains, and Marvin Mims plays yeah. wide receiver. Uh, again, another undersized guy that we're talking about. It seems like all most of these top wide receivers in this class are a little undersized. Uh, maybe that's the way that the position's moving. Um, but what makes Marvin Mims special that he can overcome his his uh, small stature? I guess he's five eleven. He's way taller than me, but you know. <laughs> right, five eleven. Here I am at five seven, calling the guy short. <laughs> yeah, you know. But yeah, I mean, for me, Marvin Mims um, came out um, last year as a freshman, and he just was—he's very explosive. Um, he has the speed, and like you said, he is undersized, so he kind of like you kind of expect that. As sad as it sounds, that's come like the like model. Like, okay, they're undersized; they're faster guys. Um, and he does that, but he's a big play guy. Last year as a freshman, 37 receptions, 610 yards, averaged 16 and a half per, scored nine touchdowns. Um, he looked really good at Oklahoma in that offense, and he just took it to the next level this year. Um, you saw improvements again, and you see him as a sophomore now producing 622 yards on only 28 receptions. So he's almost jumped his yards per by six yards um, year over year. So he is – creating those big plays he's explosive after the catch and he has the wherewithal and the ability at the line to create like almost like misjudgment in the corners and he beats him off the line and then he has the speed to break the play so for me marvin mims is a guy that i really like and i arguably kind of wanted to put him over Keshawn butte um but mims is a little undersized so that's where i worry you know what I mean? And that's the thing. It's the big thing we saw with Devontae Smith, you know, with the BMI and all that crazy stuff. So it's clear he has the talent. Um, and it's definitely something you're going to want to see him improve again as a junior at Oklahoma. So, but right now he's right there for me. Um, again, another guy that I'm probably a little more bullish than other people on. So, I mean, you, you talked about his separation, his speed, but I mean, from what it sounds, is he, is he a one route guy or can he actually run everything or is he just a deep guy no he can run all the routes well um he he does well in that category obviously it could use improvement um i feel like usually that's the hardest thing for a lot of college wide receivers is they are limited in their route tree um so he's not like one it's not like he's a go guy you know like just step out there make a make a move at the line and get by the guy and take off or just beat the coverage because you're just that much faster than the corner um no, he does well in multiple routes that he can run. So I, I think it's something that he'll improve on as well. Um, it looks like he can do that because he has done it from freshman to sophomore year. So I've seen some improvement. So now I only expect more from sophomore to junior year. Well, he's got all of 2022 to figure it out. And then uh, obviously he'll play 2023, try to improve his his draft position. Uh, but again, Marvin Mims is a name to be on the list. Um, uh, one thing before we we, we finish up there i am seeing like i'm a fresno state guy i'm not seeing anybody from fresno state there's some good players on fresno state jake hayner uh even one of those guys right uh ronnie rivers where where are my fresno state bulldogs jeremy come on i mean i could expand the list we could get some we could get deeper if you wanted (laughs) you know um just kidding it's tough because like debbie format you know, the Fresno State guys would probably be in like some campus of Cattons. That's a completely different format where you actually have like a college team that gets you points. 
Um, the Devi stuff, they're kind of like you're you're usually limited. Like most of the leagues I'm in are like only five players. It's like you're really only going after the top guys. Uh, yeah. Like a lot of leagues, you would have seen like Joe Burrow probably wasn't in many Devi formats. You know what I mean? Like he probably wasn't rostered in the Devi format because you kind of pick him up and they just sit there. And then you have Joe Burrow was most likely in a lot of leagues drafted in the rookie draft of that dynasty because you're essentially playing dynasty with Debbie and you still have a rookie draft. It's just a Debbie depleted draft because there's five guys per team usually that are already rostered that are top end prospects. So I told you deep in the weeds, so, man, deep in the weeds. And if you want to get that deep, that sounds like something that intrigues you. Uh, you can definitely check out Jeremy's stuff on the website. And obviously, Jeremy, I'm sure you are always open to DMs. So why don't you tell everybody where they can start hitting you up with all of their Devi slash Dynasty uh, questions and how to get started and how to be better at it. Yeah, you guys can find me on Twitter at PopesFFH. Um, I'm always open to any questions, any comments. I mean, you want to just straight up tweet me. I'll answer you there. If you want to DM me, I'll answer you there. Um, yeah, I'm always open to help. That's what I'm here for. <laughs> Check out all of his stuff again on the website, sportsgamblingpodcast.com, because that is what we're here for. Just like Jeremy said, we are here to help you win at fantasy football, have fun at fantasy football. And if you are in for a bigger challenge, then join and start yourself a Devi League. And really just go full DGEN with it. I mean, this is all This is all it's about. <laughs> we say let's go. We mean let's go. So, Jeremy, once again, thanks for joining the show. Uh, definitely want to have you back on again so we can talk some more Debbie and just talk some more football in general. I, I love having you on. I agree. Thank you for having me. It was a pleasure. And I'm always open. He is. I, as you can tell, all <laughs> it seems like is all I do is watch football. So. <laughs> I got nothing else going on. Throwing the ball. He's always open. Jeremy Povilars <laughs> again. SGPN Zone. Guys, thanks for listening, everybody. Hopefully you have a pleasant uh, week 11. And uh, like I said, it's about to get kicked off here pretty soon. Uh, but in the meantime, uh, as you're listening to this and setting your lineups, continue to win and let it ride. Let it ride.